change or whatever, but I, I seriously believe that some things have been shaken and things have been changed, and we're going to hear about those changes in these next number of days. I want to encourage you, to, if you can, to get in contact with the particular person you are praying for and to see if you can find out what's going on, see if anything has changed. And then when you hear the testimonies, we want to hear it too. Amen? Oh, man. Hallelujah. And then Pastor Dale said, can you top that? Like, no. <laughs> you know, we don't, obviously, those of you who've been around here for a while know that we don't always do things um, too traditionally or in an orthodox manner, like marching around the sanctuary and screaming and yelling and shouting, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I really appreciate you guys being willing just to follow what, the whole, what we believe the Holy Spirit is showing us to do. You know, it's like this morning when Todd said, you know, I believe we're supposed to do this and we're all broken up in our groups and everything. Didn't that feel kind of awkward? It didn't? Yeah, it did. Now, come on now. When you're standing there next to somebody, you're not in your normal worship mode or position. That didn't feel awkward to you? I mean, just a little bit. I'm going to get my truth meter out here. <laughs> it, pro- it did to me. It felt a little awkward because I wasn't able to express and just worship the way I'm used to, you know, my normal thing. I had to stand around and look at people, you know. But, but I appreciate you being willing to do things like that because our heart, our desire is to follow him. And, if, and you think what we do around here is crazy. Just read the Bible. There's some crazy stuff in that book. That the Lord told them to do. I mean, told the, to the Israelites to march around Jericho seven times. And then look what happened. Look what those crazy folks did. You know, the walls came down. You know, there's all kinds of acts of faith that the Lord says, I want you to do this. And it didn't make sense for them to do it. And, you know, and he didn't say, I want you to do this because here's what's going to happen. He didn't even explain to them and tell them why to do it in most cases. But they did it out of obedience in their heart to honor God. And then when they walked in obedience, they got to see the results. And that's what he calls us to do, walking a life of faith with him. He doesn't always tell us, when he tells us to do something, he doesn't always tell us why. And when we believe God tells us to do something and we step out and we don't see the results that we think were going to happen or we thought were going to happen, don't see that as failure. The failure or the success is not in the results. The failure or success is in the obedience. So as soon as you step out in obedience, boom, that's when you please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He didn't say without faith and results. He said without faith, it's impossible to please him, which you turn that around by faith, you please him. And so if he says to do something seemingly crazy like shouting or yelling or jumping up and down or, you know, corporately, or are you doing something individual that seems a little off? If you believe the Holy Spirit's telling you to do that, just do it in obedience and trust him with the results. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue, and we plan on this being our last session on biblical giving we've been talking about for the last number of weeks. And uh, anybody getting any, has been getting anything out of this series so far? Okay, anybody else been getting anything out of this series so far? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've, we've definitely enjoyed, the three of us have enjoyed 
uh, sharing this as we've been getting together and, and just talking and discussing and allowing the Holy Spirit to download things in our hearts. It's been a, an awesome learning experience for us, and we've learned a lot um, out of this, and we're excited about it. And, and I believe the Lord's going to have us do things like this again, not all the time. We're not going to always have this three-headed monster up here uh, preaching, but uh, whenever he says to do something like this, we want to do it, and, and we've enjoyed it, <clears throat> and I trust you have too. So we've been talking about biblical giving. Today is part, uh, I guess part four. And I just want to review a little bit. In the first part, we, we reviewed, we talked about the foundation and motivation for giving. Remember that? We talked, what's the motivation? Why give? And we talked about God's example. For God so loved the world that he gave. And God is love. And then he put his love in our hearts. And because we love God... And the love of God is in us, so we're going to act like our daddy. And we're going to give just like he did. He's the biggest giver there is. He gave the very best. And because his spirit motivates us and is in us, we want to give too. And so the motivation for giving is out of our love for God and our love for each other. Amen? Our love for God and our love for each other. And then the second week, I shared uh, four out of five keys for financial breakthrough. And those keys were, um, first of all, you need to have a surrendered life to Jesus. If you want to experience financial breakthrough in your life, first you need to be surrendered to Jesus, a surrendered life to Jesus. Number two, you need to be content. The Bible is clear and talks about being content with what we have. Paul said that I've learned to be content in all situations. I've learned, I'm paraphrasing, says I've learned how to get along and, and, and succeed when I have abundance. And I've also learned to get along and succeed and be content when I am lacking. And he says, uh, Jesus gives him the ability. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In that context that that scripture is in when he's talking about being content in whatever your circumstances are. So it's very important to be content. Number three, being faithful with what you have. You know, a lot of times we're crying for more. God, give me more, give me more, give me more. The Bible teaches that if you're faithful with what you have, if you treat that maturely and, and faithfully, then he can and will entrust more to you. You know, like you hear, you know, someone says, you know, if I, had, if I get a million dollars, I'll definitely start tithing. And we think, if I have a bunch more money, then I can start giving. And that's not biblically true. Because if you're not tithing, if you're not giving with what you have now, if you're not faithful with that smaller amount, then what makes you think you're going to be faithful with that larger amount? <clears throat> and so being, being faithful with what we have, and I talked about budget, you know, the dirty word, the budget. And I encourage you, if you're not living on a budget, I would encourage you to start. Do whatever you can. And that book out there, Total Money Makeover, is an excellent resource on helping you get started as far as a budget. And the last one, number four, was living a life of thankfulness. We need to start focusing on being thankful. And it came out this morning in pre-prayer about being grateful for what God has done. You know, all the storms that we've been going through and the fact that we're still standing. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we get kicked around, get punched in the face and everything by life and circumstances, but yet we're still standing. Thank God for that. Because there's people out there who aren't standing. And so we can be thankful that we have so much to be grateful for. So we need to not focus on what we don't have, 
We need to fo- and we can pray and ask God to meet the needs of, that we're lacking in, but focus on what you do have so you can have an attitude and a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness. So I shared that the second time. And then the third thing, we talked about why giving. We talked about the foundation to give. We give because we love. And then why do we give? We are giving to God and giving to man. Giving is a way that God has ordained and established and set up to meet man's needs. Remember, God didn't have any need. God didn't say, hey, I need you to bring the money into the storehouse so I can eat today. God doesn't say that. He's saying, I need you to bring money into the storehouse so my people can eat. So the needs of the poor can be met. <clears throat> so, the, so the responsibilities, bills, and things can be taken care of. And that's why we give. And God set up this system so that we can give. And so people's needs can be met. So we give because of our love. We need to be faithful with our money, be content, have a truthful uh, life of thankfulness, be surrendered to Jesus. And then we give to meet man's needs. And it's a way that we give to God. And then today we're going to talk about and focus on as we close this out, we're going to talk about the benefits of giving. Okay, if I give, if I do this thing, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I know it sounds pretty selfish, but you know the cool thing is? God's the one that set up things for us to be blessed. You know the Bible said it is more bet- you're more blessed to give than receive. Are you still with me? And there are benefits. There are benefits for giving. There are, it is okay to have a motivation to get, to receive. Let me give you an example. Of course, it has to be in context. But when I serve and honor God and I do things for him, I, the Bible says I can expect to receive blessings and treasure in heaven. Amen? And he tells us not to store up treasure on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven. And so every deed, everything that I do out of my love for God and my obedience and service to him, I am storing up treasure in heaven. And it's okay to be motivated to get as much as you can. Thank you. Somebody's listening. So anyway, so there are benefits to giving. Now, again, remember, our motivation, our foundational motivation is out of our love for God, period. But the Lord has ordained, because he loves to bless his kids, he has set things up and designed them in such a way that when we give, when we honor and bless him, we get a kickback. We get a kickback. Now, it may not always be in money. If I give money, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to always get back in money. But, oops, I've got to turn my phone off. But I am guaranteed to receive something. The Lord says that. Okay, and we want to talk about some of those benefits today. Greg? Okay, praise the Lord. Well, you know, we can stop and think about a lot of the real practical benefits of giving um i'm just uh, what did, we always endeavor to be led by the spirit here and i believe we'll bring forth some new bread this morning amen are y'all hooked up with us hallelujah i, I want to just remind everybody that our intent and purpose here was not to bring an exposition on giving <laughs> you know and present the full doctrine and full uh, uh case for forgiving okay i hope everybody's everyone understand that you know, we, we've just wanted to hit some highlights. We feel like that the Holy Spirit has, has led us to uh, bring forth here. Um, 
So I want everybody to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. We've really referred to this chapter quite a few times. CJ has, Cornell and I have in various uh, applications to certain things that we're trying to bring forward here. But really the fullness of this chapter can't be emphasized enough as it pertains to this subject in particular. You know, uh, CJ said it just a while ago, but the bottom line is there's nothing wrong with, with earthly material wealth in and of itself. The issue is, does the wealth or those things have you? See, that's the issue. It's nothing wrong with you having them, but does do those things have you? And, you know, I, I feel like that Matthew chapter 6 really brings this forward uh, really well. But I'm going to bring forth one of the, I think, one of the, the really awesome kind of deep benefits of giving here. And we've read, I'll just read real quickly verse 19. I'm reading from the NIV. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not store, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And I'm kind of taking a little bit of CJ's thunder here because one of his particular points of emphasis with regard to giving is that it is very much a litmus or a way to test your heart. I feel like what one of the benefits of this, of this vehicle in our lives, okay, for God's provision to be moved through us is very much to keep our heart in check and keep our heart, guess what, in the right place, focused on the right things. And, and I want to, to get down here to, um, verse 22. I, I just believe, thank you, Holy Ghost, for manifold revelation. Did you know the Holy Spirit's the teacher? We just endeavor to be a vessel for him to speak through. That's it. So you all's faith is in the Holy Spirit, not in Pastor CJ or me or Cornell. Listen to what verse 22 says. This is Jesus' words, red letter in my Bible and yours. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy... Your whole body is full of light. We're talking about benefits of giving. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now, I want to just point out something here that perhaps a lot of people have, haven't seen. In verse 22, if you look at the very first part of that phrase, if your eyes are healthy. If you look at the Greek there, actually the implication is generous. Now, what... What business does Jesus have here talking about eyes and generosity? How is there any connotation of generosity talking about your eye? That's what it says here. If your eyes are healthy, well, I can just replace with a, a, a word that actually brings forth the, the more full meaning from the Greek that this was originally written in. And I could say it like this. If your eyes are generous... If your eyes are generous, your whole body is what? Full of light. So he couples up generosity with receiving, guess what? The revelation and the, the light of God's word in your life. His message, his word to you. Amen? So I could break it down even further here and get real simple and say, if you're generous you're going to have a lot of light in your life. 
A lot of potential for it. What does light help us do? It helps us to see, doesn't it? If we're groping around in darkness, we, we're having problems, right? I mean, we don't have an illumination. We don't, and from a soulish standpoint, it, it equates to understanding. How many of us may sit here in confusion today about things in our lives? Confusion is darkness. We need light if we're confused. Amen? And so if we need light, I see a direct correlation or a direct avenue by which we can get that light here, according to Jesus' words, that if my eyes are generous, I can I can get light into my body. I have the aperture or the opening of, of that way that light comes into me. I have it fully open so I can receive more light. So let's just get real simple here. What does he mean by saying if your eyes are generous? Well, what do your eyes do? They look at things, right? They perceive things. And so what I submit to you, this is thus saith Greg, but I, if I, I submit to you what Jesus is saying here is if you walk around in this world perceiving the needs that need to be met with a heart open, guess what? To be a channel to meet those needs. That's thus saith Greg now. That's the way I'm interpreting this scripture. You all can interpret it. Listen to the Holy Spirit. See how he leads you in this. But how I'm seeing the simplicity of what Jesus is saying is, do I have an eye for need? Do you all see that? Assuming that the word healthy here means generous. Do I have an eye for need? Let me ask you this morning, did Jesus have an eye for need? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, did he have an eye for need. Compassion. Compassion is an eye for need. Wanting to meet people's needs, having that eye for need. Let's go on here real quickly. So I'm giving you a benefit. This is perhaps a little bit different twist on benefits from giving. But you're, and now verse 23, but if your eyes are unhealthy, so if healthy from the Greek there, to be more correctly translated actually means generous, then what do you think unhealthy means? Stingy. Stingy. If your eye is stingy, in other words, if when you walk through this world, you do not have a tendency to see need whatsoever. The only thing you're focused on is, guess what? Me, mine, and my own. Us four and no more. Is that stinginess? Y'all see that? But if our eyes are unhealthy, if they're stingy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? To me, Jesus is just saying there, if you're walking in a position to where you think you're doing right, and you're actually not, you're in a terrible place. You're, you know, how great is that darkness? And then look what he says, no man can serve two masters. How can we see that this is probably, that this is true, this kind of a, of a revelation about the scripture? Because guess what? It's couched in this whole concept. No man can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one or love the other. You'll be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And if you break down what money really means, it's talking about the worldly mammon, the worldly material wealth, materiality, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but it's the, the position you take with it, how you associate with it. And guess what? 
the vision you have or don't have as you walk through this world. So what is the benefit of giving, Pastor C.J. Cornell? I believe a benefit to take it further beyond what you've always talked about and the fact that it's a litmus test, it's a good check for your heart. Guess what? It opens up the door for light to come in your life. For you to to have to walk with a purpose to be to to see need and and then have a heart given by God to de- to desire to meet that need, then that is a benefit to me. Do you all see that? And the Bible talks about right up before that. Guess what you're doing? You're laying up those treasures. And I got to tell you, when we get up to heaven, folks, we're going to get up there, and it's going to take quite a few years to get our jaws up off the ground. <laughs> No, I, I mean, that's just the way my little peanut brain sees that deal. Because we're going to realize, oh, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord, were we limited in our in our understanding. And we're going to see some big old mansions, and we're going to see some big old piles of things that go far exceeding above anything we've ever asked or thought. And guess why? Right here it is, laying up those treasures, and it all starts with the generous eye, with giving. Man, I don't know if I can follow that up. That's good, Greg. Um, wow, uh, there's there's just so so many benefits. Um, uh, I want to list a couple, if I may, and um, I feel it's huge because uh, it because it, it speaks to God's favor. Uh, God's abundant grace upon us. And it is in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And uh, I just copied that particular verse into my notes. So uh, you can turn there. Uh, I'm not actually there. Um, and I'm reading it out of the New King James Version. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I don't know about you, but um, I'm a fan of having abundant grace in my life. Amen. You know, uh, I'll amen that one myself. Listen to that. He's able to make all grace abound toward you. I'd say not only able, but fully willing to make all grace abound toward you. Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And just to give you a little... um, insight as to why this one really speaks to me so much. Just a personal testimony. One of the most difficult times in my life when I felt the lowest and the most worthless was it happened in March of 2007. And that was the first time in my life that a job I was working told me that they didn't want me anymore. And I did not know the effect that that would have on me. And so uh, I'd been there for 14 years. They were downsizing. We knew that uh, I worked at Creative Labs, and 
And uh, the whole facility here was being, uh, uh, you know, moved away. And so eventually I got caught up in that. And, um, you know, didn't see it coming, wasn't really prepared for it. But God was prepared for it, I found out later. Uh, We had planned a trip to Kenya. And uh, what month did we go to Kenya? April of that year? And, you know, the church had taken care of our flights, but we had to have a certain amount of money to take care of everything else, you know, lodging and um, food and, and whatnot. And Christy and I were sitting down and we were talking about whether or not it would be, you know, feasible for me to go and whether I should vacate that spot for someone else. And and uh, I had a severance package that would last, uh, you know, a couple of three months and uh, but no prospects beyond that. And Christy and I prayed and fasted for a couple of weeks seeking the Lord. And uh, it's funny. I, I'm sure uh, Gary and Candy Clarkson, would y'all raise your hands, please? She, Candy raised her hand. She just didn't raise it above her chin. She, but the Lord moved on them, you know, to help finance my way to Kenya that year. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And he moved on them before they knew anything about my job situation. You know, they uh, went to the, went before the Lord on that. And uh, here I am in the midst of my world being rocked like this. And I'm about to have a conversation with CJ about not going. And all of a sudden, I get uh, word from them that the uh, Lord moved on their heart to, uh, you know, to cover what would have been my expenses for that trip. And I was able to go. And it's one of the most amazing ministry experiences I've ever had in my life. You know, we laid hands on, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 people. Um, you know, we, we confronted the enemy, cast out devils. We did all kinds of things. And, you, you know, the kingdom was manifested in that place. And it would have been just a sad tragedy if I wouldn't have been able to go. But God provided for me. His grace was there for me to be able to go and to be able to be used abundantly. Um, not to make a, a long story too short, if you want me to talk about that and want to know more about that uh, part of the trip, um, I'd be happy to tell you some other time. But we came back from Kenya, and I had resumes everywhere. I, I must have killed about 100 trees myself. I had resumes, applications. Um, I was desperately trying to, you know, get a job, take care of my family and everything. Uh, by the end of it all, I went seven months. You know, uh, now since the downturn of the economy and people struggling to find jobs, you know, seven months doesn't seem like anything now. But to me, it was an eternity. And um, try to make a long story less long. As we were praying, Christy kept getting kicker. And, of course, I'm thinking my wife is crazy because 
I don't have any cardio background whatsoever. And she just said that's what she just kept getting in the spirit. That's, as she was praying, that's what the Lord was saying. And, you know, I kind of dismissed it for a while. You know, husbands, we can be a little thick-headed sometimes. I'm looking for work in the area that I'd been working in for 14 years, you know. And um, a couple of jobs came open at Kicker. I put in a resume for something I knew I wasn't qualified for and didn't get it, not surprisingly. But one day, and it's also like it was yesterday, uh, Steve Irby, would you raise your hand, please? <laughs> um, I was on a praise and worship team then, and he said, um, how's the big, you know, how's the job search going? And, of course, I told him it was a complete and total failure. And he just asked me something he didn't have to do. He said, well, give me your resume. I can't make any promises. I'm not going to, you know, campaign for you. But I can uh, pass your resume around, see if anybody looks at it, and see if they can use it. That's all he did. Little did I know, there was a position that one of the directors named Kevin Campbell was in the process of applying for. So it was like God held this position for me. Now, the timing was perfect. By the time that resume got passed around, um, I guess it was in the latter stages of the approval process, uh, and it was an event coordinator position. And I ended up, I ended up getting that job um, without it ever going public. Because he saw my resume and Kevin was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. You know, but I will tell you, I, the Lord helped me work on patience because from the time I had my first interview, it was about three months before I finally got the yay and amen. And uh, I had, what, three interviews, a third interview finally was the charm. And I thought they were toying with me. You know, one time he even said, Hey, Cornell, if you get an opportunity somewhere else, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't pass that up just for us. And to me, I'm saying, see, he's messing with me. Basically, if you don't want me, just tell me. But I got the call. We were in Tennessee visiting Christie's parents. And I got the backstory later on that that three-month period, a lot of healing took place in me. And Christie's dad was... Um, he passed away a little over a year ago. But uh, Christy's dad was instrumental um, in, in helping me heal. And uh, I got the call uh, from uh, from Kevin and, and told me they'd like me to work. And then I found out that the position that he wanted to offer me was not technically available yet. And when it became available, he offered it to me. And... Um, and and that thing that God spoke to Christy within the first month of me losing my job, <laughs> you know, it materialized uh, 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 several months later. And I, I just look at that entire period from the time that the Lord blessed me financially to be able to go on that trip to to the Lord holding a position for me and, and speaking to me through my wife to go apply and put my resume in to Steve caring enough to pass the resume around. I mean, a lot of things had to happen right there, you know. And and, and here I am uh, uh, hurting, feeling worthless and everything, and, um, and, and God was taking care of the situation the entire time. 
you know. So uh, that was a pivotal situation for me. Now, we continued to tithe. We continued to give. And God's grace, you know, was was continually abundant upon us. So don't let, I want to encourage you, don't let your circumstances, just what you can see, perceive, and understand, don't let that be the end-all, be-all for you. Because the Lord is working beyond the circumstances. He's working beyond what it may appear is happening in your life. And you know what? The best company I've ever worked for in my life, bar none, is Kicker. I love who I work for. I love what I do. I love the company. I love going to work every day. And before I started working there, it wouldn't have made any sense in the world to hire me. You know, to me, it really didn't. Um, but except for the position that I was hired in, you know, and so um, I just I just felt like that little testimony uh, could, could could really speak that uh, if you honor the Lord with your increase, honor the Lord in your giving, um, just have a heart to love Him, just like in every area of your life uh, in finances, if you just honor Him. And just have the right attitude that, you know what, uh, this belongs to the Lord and I'm a steward over it. And Lord, I'm going to do what you move on me to do with what is yours. Amen. I'm going to obey you. And if you do that, God will take care of you. We see from that example is when you... You get an opportunity to see God's provision for you when you have need. You know, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And the things he's talking about when you look at the previous verses, he's talking about needs, food, clothing, shelter, that kind of thing. If we see God first, put his kingdom first, then we can trust that he's going to take care of us. And I, I hear there's a wonderful testimony, Cornell sharing that, that even in the time of trial, he was still faithful in trusting God and even, and even giving during the season of when he didn't, he could have been justified in a lot of people's minds in not giving. Huh? What'd you say? I was angry a lot, though. How were you? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know, so you can, one of the benefits of giving is you get to see God's miraculous provision. And, you know, as we we're talking about earlier, you know, marching around the, the sanctuary and doing crazy things that don't seem to make sense. This is one of those things. Giving doesn't make sense a lot of times. Being obedient in giving doesn't always make sense. But when we obey the Lord in, in whatever area he's telling us, we're going to see some incredible things happen in response. And I had a small thing happen recently that just reminded me of this. Um, you know, I've been praying for the Lord for... You know, have some, you know, Christmas is coming up and asking the Lord for opportunities to uh, earn some extra money to be able to do things, you know, buy gifts and that kind of thing. And I remember we had a, a worship night and, and uh, the Lord wanted to minister to needs, financial needs. And he encouraged people that if God puts anyone on your heart to give to them, then just be obedient and give. And, and so I was in a position, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm looking to you to meet my needs. And then he said... I want you to give to that lady right there. I'm like, 
What? Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm waiting for somebody to point their finger at me and come and give, you know. And uh, it, said, it was, it was a, a little mental battle going on because he gave me amount, an amount to give. And it wasn't a huge amount, but in my circumstance, it was a large amount. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm asking God for resources, and he's telling me to give away resources. Like, this makes sense. Come on, God, help me out here. So anyway, I did. First, I, I text my wife. She wasn't here. So I said, hey, Lisa, I feel like the Lord is saying this. What do you think about that? And she was in agreement. I was hoping she'd say no. Then I say, see, Lord, we're not in agreement, so we can't do it. So anyway, she was in agreement. And so I was able to anonymously give just to bless that person. <clears throat> and then two days later, I was given an opportunity to earn two and a half times the amount that I gave away. And it's like, wait a minute, that's pretty interesting how that works. You know, and I remember the mean sharing testimony. Those of you who may remember, they shared a testimony where they had great need of, of selling a house. They needed, they were trying to sell this house and so they had financial need and they were waiting for God to help and bless them and the Lord, as Aaron was sharing, the Lord said, I want you to bless. I'm like, wait a minute, God, don't you understand? And, and the same thing, uh, you know, it's like the Lord says, wait a minute, so are you saying that you can't give, you can't bless others until I bless you? And I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, you know what, the Lord goes against our normal thinking. And then so they moved out in faith, in obedience, and they blessed. I mean, they blessed lavishly. And then the next day, if I remember this right, they get a text that someone bought the house or someone wants to buy the house. It wasn't that they sold the house, then they decided to give. They decided to give out of obedience, and then, you know, they marched around the place seven times, and then the walls came down. You know, the obedience happened first, the, the crazy stuff happens first, and then uh, we see God do some miraculous things. And there's another situation that's even more, is on a bigger scale, and that really just knocked me and Lisa on our knees, and we're just so grateful to God. You know, when, you, when your kids have need, those of you parents, when your kids have need, that a lot of times... When they have a big need, they're going through some things. It's like you would rather say, God, let me deal with that and just help them. Because you'd rather you deal with it than they deal with it. Because, like, you know, I can, I can handle this. I don't know if they're going to make it. You know, you kind of get scared for your kids. And anyway, one of my sons had a, a need. He needed a car, a vehicle. I mean, it was, a, it was a, a, a tremendous need that he was lacking. And it was limiting a lot of the circumstances, his jobs. That he was able, he was, jobs were awesome, incredible jobs were available, but he wasn't able to get those because of his lack of transportation. So his, he was very limited in what he could do, and, and so it, it caused a chain reaction in his whole life and everything. And this had been going on for a couple, three, couple of years, at least two, three years. Well, anyway, and I remember praying, and oh God, you know, bless me, and I'll, so I can get my kid a car, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and then I get this phone call. I can't remember what I was doing. Something was going on. I get this phone call, and someone says, hey, we feel like God is saying for us to give your son a car. Are you okay with that? It's like, what? <laughs> Let me pray about it. Yes. <laughs> and I was, you know, and I've been thinking about this since then. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? Because, see, I wanted to meet that need, and I'm praying and asking and seeing what can I do, Lisa and I, you know, what can we do? But it was beyond our ability. It was beyond our ability. Now, we could have gone into debt, but that we didn't believe that was the, the, will, the will of the Lord. 
And so we've been praying and praying and praying. And then all of a sudden God moves on our brother and sister and says, we feel like the Lord has been telling us to do this. And I'm like, are you kidding? God, you just rock, you know? Well, anyway, so I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I want you guys to do it. And so we're all at church and, and he was with us at church that, that day. And then we went outside and, and Lisa was like, you need to come outside with us. We need to do something real quick. And he's like, well, I just want to get home. You know, food is on our brain. And anyway, met with this, this couple and, and the guy shook his hand. He said, what's up? And he said, hey, and, and he shook his hand. And when he released his hand, there was a key in his hand. He's like, what's this? Like what? And then he said, this is yours. Then his car, we're standing in front of the car. And I mean, he almost lost it. And I almost lost it. And Lisa did lose it. <laughs> it's okay because she's a girl. <laughs> you know, it's okay. it's okay. But it was so awesome to see. And that, that rocked his life. That, that, and you know, it was interesting because he could think, well, what have I done to deserve this? Nothing. But God, the goodness, and what was cool that morning in prayer, out of pre-service prayer, one of the themes was the goodness of God leads man to repentance. It's like God will come when we're not even expecting, when we don't feel like we deserve it, we're not necessarily doing all the right things, and the guy comes around the corner, bam, blesses us with his blessing and his goodness. Just reminding, yeah, you're my kid, I love you, and I, I just want to bless you. And that's what he wants us to do. He, you know, and Greg was talking about earlier that money is a, Giving and everything, it's a, it's a test. It helps us to make sure our heart is not a test to see, well, do I love God or not? But it's a test to make sure our heart is okay. Because see, if I'm giving, you know, this month I'm giving, I'm blessing, and all of a sudden a month comes and it's like, I'm having a hard time giving. My, I don't want to release this money. It's like, ding, 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 ding. There's something going on in the heart. And to find out what is going on, what's going on with my heart, get that cleared up, and then I can move on. And so it's a great litmus test to make sure that our hearts are in place, that our hearts are in the right place. Uh, how many of y'all ever watched Emerald Lagasse? You know, the cook, the Cajun guy, man. I, I love what I used to watch him all the time. He'd always have this deal, you know, where it, it wasn't only, it wasn't just good enough. It was the bam ingredient he would throw into it, <laughs> you know, and kick it up a notch, you know, or two. Man, God is into the bam. Yeah. That's right. You know, and, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit's about to deliver a bam revelation right now. And here it is. We put so, we make this so hard. Good golly. Why do we make the kingdom living such a hard thing? The reality is in this, more than anything I feel, it's not that God's waiting up there to bless you if you do the right thing. Now, follow me here, because the reality is his blessings are right now applicable for you. He's not up there holding the purse strings till you get it right, and then he will open it up. That might kick a couple religious cows in the stomach. But I got to tell you this morning, here's the issue. The issue is we're dealing with spiritual law here. Would you all agree with that? The law of sowing and reaping. We are, we've got a spiritual law here at work. It's also the law of love. 
And I could take you over to Luke chapter 6, 38, which is used and butchered with regard, out of context, with regard to giving, because it has nothing to do. The context of Luke chapter 6 really has nothing to do with giving materiality. Give and it shall be given. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men pour into your lap. How many of us have heard that scripture given over tithes and offerings? And I'm not denigrating the use of it. Praise the Lord, because I believe that it's a manifold revelation. But if you look at the context of what Jesus is talking about there, he's talking about judgment, about unforgiveness, about judgment in your heart with the measure that you use. Y'all agree with that? How many of y'all have read that scripture before? Is that the right context or not? It's the right context. And I would I would say that what it is, it's the law of love. And it's not the law of phileo love or man love. It's the law of God in us love that gets shed abroad in our hearts whenever we receive God. Whenever we become regenerate, recreated in his image, we get a piece of who he is. We're cut after the clock. We're a chip off the block. Hallelujah. And guess what block we're chipped off of? Agape. Agape love. And so that Luke chapter 6, to me, with regard to to the BAM issue here is that it's a law that is applicable whether you believe it or not. So what you do is, is through your giving, through keeping your heart in check, like Pastor CJ was just talking about, through whatever way that the Holy Spirit uses for you to keep your heart tender before Him, submitted for Him, guess what you're doing? You're keeping yourself in a position for the laws to be bent, law you to be on the law's side of benefit. Y'all see what I'm saying there? Bam! This is a spiritual law that, folks, the provision of God is already right now available for us. Everything that He is ever going to do for us has already been done. Everything It says that things in heavenly places were blessed with all spiritual blessing. It's all there. Your healing, hallelujah, is already wrought by Jesus' stripes. Our provision in material things is is already won by Jesus forfeiting his riches to take upon himself our poverty, to become a curse, to bear that part of the curse of the law. So the provision for us materially is already there. It's a law, and it's really the high law of love. And it gets back to what we started out with talking about what is the motivation here. If, folks, if we will engage the law of love, then we will be on the side of the benefit of that law. And that benefit is provision, eternal and unlimited, materially, soulishly, physically. That's what I see it. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I got a whole lot of scriptures that seem to point to that. Y'all agree with that? So it's a law, folks. It's not that we're trying to get God to be pleased with this, but where he'll bless us, because he's already blessed us in heavenly places with everything. Absolutely. Everything. So the blessings are there. We've just got, it's a positional thing. And guess what giving does? From the right perspective, when you engage it appropriately, guess what you do? You position yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. That's right. You're an act of love. To borrow an old term that I like. Because the glory, really, from a biblical perspective, is a manifest presence of God in your life. If you want to position yourself under the spout where the glory comes out, then you 
get in a position to allow the law, get engaged with the law of love, agape. Amen? Hallelujah. Bam! Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. What we'll do is uh, just want to uh, share one more final thought um, as we wrap this up. All right, so go ahead. Wouldn't plan on being a final thought, but uh, no, uh, Greg, I just want to echo what you're saying, brother. Um, I was um, looking at a, a scripture right when you were saying that, but uh, uh, Romans 5, you know, that's the character of God. And, and verse 6, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. He didn't wait for us to be worthy or earn anything. All right? We were sinners. We could care less about him. We were on our own way. And we were utterly helpless to change our condition. That's the heart of our God. We started off this thing talking about the heart of the matter. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, no need to complicate this thing. You know, you know that the same heart God has in the area of our finances. He's He's not waiting for us to you know, commit ourselves uh, to some financial standard in order for him to be willing to bless us. He's already made every blessing available to us. It's free to us. He's given it to us freely. He gave it to us freely when he gave his son. Amen? And so he says, freely you have been given, freely give. Out of the same heart that you have received, Express in that same way. You know, the way Jesus modeled and example the Christian life to us, be Christians, be little Christ, be imitators of him, and have a heart of love, have a heart of generosity. And you don't have to worry about whether God's going to be faithful and do what he says on his end. You know, we're just doing it because we love him. We're doing it because he said it. We're doing it because he loved us to the degree that he agaped us when we really had no business receiving the love that he gave to us. Amen. And he's saying, all right, here's the standard of love that I want you to aspire to. And I want you to forgive like I forgave you. You didn't earn it. I gave it to you anyway. I've blessed you. Oftentimes you didn't earn it. It was unmerited favor. You know, so I want you to forgive in that same way. I want you to sow the grace in that same way. That's it, bro. Um, just real quickly in Matthew chapter six, a final thought. Um, folks, put some time into Matthew chapter six. Those are Jesus' words. A lot of people are like, boy, if God was only here, if Jesus only here and talked to me. Folks, do we believe these are Jesus' words or not? 
People say, if God would only speak to me. If you want him to speak audibly to you, get yourself a tape recorder and read Jesus' words. Then play him back. Now, he's not using his own audible voice, but guess what? It's an audible voice speaking the word of God. Read read Matthew chapter 6. I just can't emphasize enough. If you, if you look, you know, we, we've looked at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And you see Jesus lay out in the previous verses. And I want to show you in verse 25. Everyone look there real quick. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus' words now. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is he talking about worries as it pertains to materiality? Absolutely. Yet, I will submit to you, I bet very precious few of us here this morning don't have some cares wrapped up in this issue this morning. I don't know about you, but when when the word says, I tell you, do not, that's imperative. That's a command. And I want to leave you with this final thought this morning. As it concerns materiality, folks, when God looks on this issue, materiality is, is nothing to Him. It is nothing to Him. But it's everything to so many of us. And we, we're out of balance. We need to come back and hearken to, to our Master's words. And we need to, last thought, release the worry and anxiety for provision and material things in our lives, folks. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. We need to forgive, ask God to forgive us. And we need to turn. We need to repent from worry and anxiety in this, in this area. We need to cast this care on Him. And finally come to a place that we trust that He's going to provide for us. And when you get to that place, I submit to you, when you are, when you are really in that walking in that light, giving, it'll be, it'll be second nature. Matter of fact, it'll be first nature because it'll be your, it'll be a spiritual issue walking from your heart, being provoked by that inward pressure that, you know, the Christ love compelling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Greg, sharing uh, that I'm going to end with us, uh, take an opportunity to submit some things to the Lord. But one thing that I, that I learned out of this that, what, that was a revelation that I, I appreciate is the, when the Bible says, do not give out a compulsion, and, it, and in one translation it says, do not give out a commandment, and it's like, wait a minute, I don't get it, because the Bible commands certain things, so I'm not supposed to follow commandment. I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant. Well... As we talked and discussed, and we even shared this a um, couple of weeks ago, that there's two kinds of compulsions. There's an external man's compulsion put upon you, and then there's the internal compulsion from the Holy Spirit. The internal one is the one we're supposed to follow. Not pressured by man or pressured by need. When you see a need, like it can be on TV or it could be someone has a great need, and all of a sudden you feel this pressure, I've got to meet that need, I've got to meet that need. Well, you only meet that need if the Holy Spirit directs you because God may not want you to meet that need. 
you know. And so we want to not fall into the pressure of man or religion or whatever. We want to put away, put that away. But we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the desire to listen to him and follow him. And when he puts it upon your heart, when it comes out from the outside, from the inside out, that's when we want to give. Amen. You know, as we've been sharing this, uh, the three of us, we represent the leadership here at this church. Um, the elders, the ELT, I call the executive um, leadership team, that we're uh, men that, that God has called to direct and lead this church. And we do not all agree on this topic. We don't. We don't all agree on the, finer, on, the, on the points. And some of us believe this way. Some of us believe that way. But we have learned to, you know what? We don't have to agree on everything to be able to walk in love, to be able to walk as a team. And we've discussed these things at length. And, and it's like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about, you know, I believe this. And, and we've come. But, and so we aren't up here saying, this is the way it is. And we didn't give you fine, specific points. We didn't give you all the the exhaustive treaties on giving. That wasn't the intention. The intention is for you to be motivated to honor and love God. And in this particular vein in giving, and so we wanted to encourage you with that. But you don't, to to for us to love and accept you and, and to walk in fellowship with you, we don't have to all agree on these points. Amen? Or any other doctrine in the Word of God. I mean, now, there are some that are non-negotiable. This isn't one of those. This isn't a make or break. If you don't tithe or give or whatever, you're not going to lose your salvation. Okay? And so I just wanted to let you know that we don't necessarily, all of us, the leaders that I just mentioned, we don't all agree on all these points. But yet we still walk in love together. We enjoy each other's fellowship and we're for each other. And we're moving forward together. And I want to invite all of you into that same thing. Let's move together and not wait till we all agree on everything because we won't. And, and uh, we need to quit fighting over the, the non-essential things. But let's all stand together. And I want to lead us in prayer. And you know, one thing I've been praying for all of you guys as the pastor, I've been praying for financial breakthrough in your lives. Because see, when we all experience that breakthrough, then guess what's going to happen? Because your desire is to follow and honor Jesus and see his kingdom, then that means you're going to give more so that his kingdom is manifest more. And then you have that freedom. And, you know, and, and so I've been praying that. Not so, hey, if you guys get set free or you guys are blessed, then you're going to bless me. No, it's then you're going to, you're going to see the, we're going to see the kingdom expanded more. Amen. You can be a blessing to people. But there are certain things that you can't let money be that thing that's holding your heart. Let your heart belong to Jesus. So let's pray. I want you to close your eyes and just put out your hands. In, and if this, as I pray this, if this is your heart, then you just agree. Just come into agreement in your heart. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for the example of your heart towards us through giving us Jesus. You made it so clear how much you love us. And we thank you, Father, that your spirit is within us. And now we have the ability and the desire to give like you gave. And Lord, we do. We want the ability to give more. 
I thank you, Father, that we are positioning ourselves individually as, as, and as families and as a, as a corporate body. We are positioning ourselves to be able to receive more from you, more blessing. More blessing in many ways, lining up with the spiritual laws that you have set in place so we can receive the blessing, the provision that you made available already. And so I thank you that we're able to do that. And Father, if I, the areas that I'm, I'm worrying about, the areas of my heart that are imprisoned by money or by fear of lack or by worry, Holy Spirit, I ask you to pinpoint that to me. And then I thank you that you're going to give me the grace to repent and surrender that to you. And so right now, as he's just pointing things out in your heart, in your mind, areas that he's saying, I want you to surrender that to me, I just want to encourage you just to begin to do that. The areas that you, things that you're worrying about, just begin to surrender that to him. And then tell him, Lord, I take my heart back from that thing and I give my heart to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace just being poured out upon your people right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And again, Lord, I just pray for the manifestation of your breakthrough financially in your people. I think it's going to come in different ways. I think that there are going to be some of us that need to take steps of obedience that you've told us a long time ago and we haven't yet. I thank you that we're going to receive that grace and begin to move out in obedience. But whatever it is, however we need to align ourselves, Father, I thank you for that breakthrough. I thank you for that provision. And I thank you for that breakthrough of trust. And we're going to trust you now. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for your blessing on your people. I pray for your, your blessing on our fellowship now. We ask that you have blessed the food that we're about to receive for the nourishment of our bodies. And we thank you, O oh God. I also thank you for the giving, for those that have given and the money that's been given today, tithes, offerings. Thank you for that, Father. And we ask that you would bless that and bless your people. And those that weren't able to give, Father, I thank you that you're blessing them so that they can. They will be able to give more than they've even thought of before because of the abundance that you poured out in them. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in this church. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>